All right. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Lord's Love Church. Uh, my, for those of you who are new with us today, we just want to say welcome. Um, my name is Howard. I'm the youth intern here at Lord's Love Church. And so I just want to welcome everyone here on Zoom and glad you guys chose to join us this morning. Uh, we are continuing on our series today on miracle, uh, when God makes a way. Uh, last week, Pastor Doug was talking about in Matthew about Jesus feeding 5,000 people. And uh, if you guys did not listen to that sermon, I will encourage you guys to go online or go to the uh, Spotify um, and listen through that. Uh, but it was a great sermon. A couple of things um, that Pastor Doug highlighted that was great uh, is that we are all called to start with what we have. That God is not asking for perfection, but just to offer what we already have and he will provide the rest. Uh, that God can turn little into lots. So even if it seems little to us, God can do great things with that. So little is a lot in God's hands. And uh, today we are continuing on miracle. And one of the, mir and the miracle that we're talking about today is on how God can overcome the demonic realm. And so as Emily has already read the passage, we are talking about exorcism. And so if this is your first time joining us today, welcome hitting you with a heavy topic uh, today. And so, yeah, um, just, but yeah, God has done many different miracles, uh, miracles of provision over nature. And even before this, he calmed the storms. And today we are talking about uh, G Jesus' miracle over the, the demonic realms. And, uh, and yeah, uh, so I don't know about you guys, um, but I personally don't like scary movies. Because back then, um, when I, was in, I think I was in preteens or in high school, I watched a scary movie on Halloween, uh, which is by far the worst mistake ever, probably. Uh, but I watched a scary movie, and I, I forgot what movie it was, but I was actually scared right after that. Like, I've seen other movies before, but for some reason, that movie just haunted me. I think I had nightmares after that. Um, I remember I went to my pastor at that time and talked to him about how, scared, uh, how I started fearing uh, with ghosts and demons and stuff after that movie. And he encouraged me, aside from prayer and um, reading the Bible, he encouraged me to also recite a Bible verse. And so whenever I do fear and these images come into my head, that I could just recite and say these Bible verse out loud, and then um, that will help me. And I took his advice. I memorized the Bible verse and then did that. Uh, and then later on, my fear began to go away. Uh, but my question is, why do we fear when we watch scary movies? And I mean, yeah, like when we watch most majority of the time, we're, we're afraid of it. Though we're like excited to watch, but we're also scared. And I believe that the reason why we're scared is because there are actual evil spirits up there. Because if there wasn't, we wouldn't be scared watching these movies. But the fact that when we watch them and we can still be affected by it and we fear it, that it does show that there are evil spirits out there. And that's what we are going to be exploring today in the Gospel of Matthew. Exorcism is real. As we saw the two demon-possessed men, exorcism is real and is powerful. Demons can actually enter into people and control them to do things out of the ordinary, to make them way stronger than any humans can do uh, things. And so even if a group of people try to stop a demon-possessed person, that person is strong enough to fight everyone off, whoever is on it, because they're so powerful. They do uh, unordinary things. So that's how powerful it is. 
But aside from this, aside from the demon possessed, I am convinced that this also highlights one other thing that we all face, especially as Christians, is that there is spiritual warfare out there. The fact that Satan's already out there, whether the demons are possessing people, demons are still everywhere, Satan's around trying to mess around with Christians, mess around with us, to try to distract us from living out God's calling and God's purpose in our lives. So these things are real. But the thing is, I want to say is that as Christians, we actually do not need to worry about exorcism because we have the Holy Spirit that Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. In fact, today is actually the Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost Sunday, where some denominations, especially the Pentecostal um, denomination, actually celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you guys remember in Acts chapter 2, when after Jesus died and resurrected, he gave the Holy Spirit. That was the first time the Holy Spirit went into people and dwelt within them. And people experienced the Spirit for the first time and people were speaking in tongues. And that is why some churches would celebrate this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so while we are going to be talking about the evil spirits today, we're also going to be talking about the Holy Spirit at the end of the message. But the, but the thing is this, that yes, evil spirits do exist and satan's around harming us but at the end of the day when the, when the uh, end of the world comes the big idea for today is that god is bigger than the demonic realm and i can say this confidently because since jesus died and resurrected he has already he has victory already over sin and evil and that at the end of the day jesus has the final word so yes satan will be around Evil spirits will be around. They're going to try to distract us from living out God's purpose. But at the end of the day, Jesus will have the final word. And that's what we're going to be looking into. And so before I start, I just want to uh, pray really quickly. And so I want you guys to join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can worship you. Uh, even just coming onto Zoom and joining together as a church, we're thankful that we get to worship you and we get to study your word and so we pray god for your spirit uh, that your spirit will speak to us lord that that you will inspire us with your words to challenge us and that we will also submit to you in our response because of what you have done for us so we thank you for this time lord we thank you that we can read your word and grow and learn together god in christ i pray amen All right, so big idea for today is that God is bigger than the demonic realm. And just want to give you guys a bit of a background. As you guys already, as we already explored the passage, uh, we're actually in, Jesus actually in the region of Gadarenes. All right, Gadarenes. So before that, Jesus was actually in Galilee in the Jewish area. But now after he crossed the Sea of Galilee, he's actually on the other side in the Gentile area. So when we're reading this, exploring the scripture, just have the Gentile area, uh, just to have different cultures in your mind, in your background. And we can tell that it's the Gentiles because there are also pigs in this story and, and Jesus allowed the pigs to die. And if you know the Jewish culture, pigs are unclean. So uh, right there, pigs were highly valued because it was a Gentile culture and they value these things. And yeah, so we're in a Gentile area. And for those of you who don't know, just want to touch base on uh, how Satan came, how the demons came. The Bible 
records a couple of times where Jesus actually, uh, the Bible actually records a couple of times about the, the history of the, the demon and how they came. So in the beginning, before God created a world and everything, God actually created angels. And in Jude 6, verse 6, God actually created angels and heaven was a place for them to dwell, for them to, um, to be uh, forever. Um, but because they chose, because they have free will and they chose to sin against God, they want to take control of their own lives. They want to do that. So God uh, imprisoned them to help. So God expelled them from heaven. And so that's why demons are everywhere. And Second Peter 2, 4 says, For God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. So angels were made to glorify just as us human beings, but angels are made to be in heaven and us, we are supposed to be on earth. And the leader of all the demons is Satan. He is the one that is roaming around leading his troops to go and terrorize uh, humans. And even Jesus in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20, Jesus referenced that, that he's saying, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning in heaven. And when Jesus says that he saw Satan fall, it doesn't mean that little will fall. Like, oh, he's falling. But it's more the fact that he already knows that Satan's already coming down. He's terrorizing humanity. He's terrorizing people. And he's trying to create chaos in this world. So that's how we know. And that is why the demons know Jesus. They know his identity and they know their faith. And so for this reason, they understand and they know that Jesus has authority. And so the first point for today is that Jesus's authority brings fear and drives out demons. Because the demons already know him. They know that Jesus has this power to drive them out, to control them. And at the end of the day, they will find, they will face the final judgment. So Jesus's authority brings fear and drives demons out. So let's dive into the passage, verse 28. When he, Jesus, arrived at the other side in the region of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. I just want to stop it right there. It's been, it's been believed uh, that evil spirits will go around the tombs to uh, haunt uh, people. And even the dead, they can uh, bring them out and make them do crazy things. And they were so violent that no one could pass, uh, pass, them, pass that way. Mark chapter 5 actually records this story. And in fact, Mark chapter 5, though Mark is a really short gospel, it does actually give more details into what really happened with these people. But Mark chapter 5 actually records that these demon-possessed men were so powerful that even when they were in chains, they were able to break the chains. And even when people try to subdue them, try to stop these uh, demon-possessed people, that they were able to break them off. So that is how strong, uh, they're uh, how strong they are. So the first thing is we need to know is these demons, demon, uh, demons, they went to these people and they were terrorizing people. They were making people fear. But at that time, Jesus arrived and they knew what was going to happen. So instead of them running away, they just went directly. They were direct and they were specific. And so they went up to Jesus in verse 29 and says, what do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? So they already know that, um, that this is their ending. They know this is their destiny. They were supposed to fe bring fear 
to the region, but they saw Jesus and now they're like, okay, we can't do this anymore. So they approached Jesus, hoping that they would convince Jesus to just let them go, to let them live. And so they were direct. They were just saying, you know, what do you want with us, son of God? And son of God right here is a big phrase. In all of gospel, not everyone knew Jesus' identity. Only certain people knew them. And the fact that the demons are able to say right away, son of God, they already know that Jesus has authority. And so right there, so from some distance, verse 30, some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. All right, so right there, they're like, okay, I'm fearing ready. I know that the time of uh, demons knew their time will come one day when God will judge them. But at that time, they didn't know it was that time. So they were still going around, messing around, but they did not know that it was this time because they brought fear until they saw Jesus. And now they're like, okay, now we're done. We're done. And so they're trying to convince Jesus to just let them go and let them live. And so they're a herd of pigs. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the demons suggested this probably because, you know, in Jewish culture, pigs are not a high value. So they're probably like, okay, just send us to pigs at least. Not like you care about them anyway. So that's probably what happened. Um, so the pigs, uh, so the demons went to the pigs and then the pigs, and then all Jesus said was go, okay, go. So they came out and went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. I don't know about you, but I want to ask you guys, in that moment, all right, if you were with, just imagine yourself in that situation. Imagine yourself that you actually saw these two demon-possessed people. What would you do in your response? Like, would you run out of fear or would you actually stay and take out your phone and like, let's Instagram this right now? Like, what would we really do? Instagram, Snapchat, like, if I can guess, I would say the majority of us would probably run away. Come on, let's be real. Like even if we see like spiders, a mouse, or even snakes, sometimes we would just want to run away right away. That's our first initial reaction. So I really doubt that if we see the demon possessed people that we'll just take out our phone and start filming and say, oh, this is so cool. No, we will fear because people couldn't even subdue them. That people fear them because they're terrorizing everyone. They're harming people. So we fear, but the thing is, at that time, think about the people who were in that region and they were facing that situation. To them, at that time, it was impossible for them. Everything felt like it was impossible. They couldn't get through this hardship right here where these two men were demon-possessed and they were terrorizing people and people were fearing. Just imagine that, that it was impossible for them. But Jesus made a way. Jesus came. And in fact, Jesus came. He had that much power and authority that all he had to do was just say, go. Literally, just one word. Go, and the demons left these people and went into the herd of pigs. Right here, I believe that this is more than just demon-possessed people, but the idea that, you know, these people were demon-possessed, but the idea that evil spirits out there are still trying to distract us, especially us as Christ followers, that Satan's always around to distract us from living out God's purpose. 
and, they, and he would try to undermine us. So we're dealing with spiritual warfare at times. So what is the thing that the devil is stopping you from living out God's purpose? Think about it. What is that one thing or some of the things that you believe that, that the devil is stopping you from living out God's purpose? Because it's important, I believe, for us to identify these things and be able to come up with like a battle plan with knowing that God is with us, but we need to do something about it because if we're not fighting back, we're going to be overtaken by Satan. He's going to keep discouraging us. We're going to keep facing these battles. So it's important for us to identify these and then fight back knowing that God is on our side. So there, um, you know, demons were proud. They went to people terrorizing. Jesus came and they knew that they were done. And so they were hoping that they would not be going back to hell, that Jesus would just send them off. And you know what? By Jesus' grace, he did send them off into the pigs. And all he did was save gold. And I know you're an animal lover. If you, you own pets and you love dogs and cats, you know, and I'm pretty sure that this is pretty heartbreaking for you to see a bunch of pigs going into uh, the water and die. And, you know, I was wrestling with this text because my question is, I mean, what did the pigs do to you? You know, like, I'm pretty sure some of you guys reading is like, why the pigs? Um, but I'm convinced of this, that, which leads me to the next point that Jesus sent these demons into the pigs because he truly cares about humanity, that Jesus cares deeply about humanity. This means that he cares about our heart and our salvation. He cares about the state of our being, the condition of our being. So he sees that these two men are being possessed, even though they're dead, but just because these demons haunted the dead people. It doesn't mean the demons will not haunt people who are alive. And so the fact that Jesus, you know, is, able, is wanting to bring them on shows that he cares about their lives. Because think about it, like, the pigs were highly valued in the Jewish culture. I mean, in the Gentile culture, sorry, excuse me, in the Gentile culture. And killing the pigs meant killing the business and the economy. And so the question is, why did Jesus not, send the demons to hell. Why did Jesus not send the demons to hell? There are a few points here. The first reason is that Jesus allowed the demons to go into the pigs, even though they end up dying, because it's a clear image of the demons leaving the people. To leave the people from one scene to another, where these people were like, these demon-possessed men were angry, they were strong, breaking stuff, but then they, the but the fact that the demons left and went to the pigs gives a huge image, a visual image that the demons actually left these people. So when Jesus said go, the demons actually left. And just to give a clear image, another reason is that Jesus probably allowed this to happen because he wants to show that he actually values us. He values our condition, our salvation more than anything else, more than we think. He cares about us deeply that he would do anything to make sure that we are okay, that we will not be overtaken by the evil spirits, and he will do whatever it takes. Yes, the pigs were highly valued animals, and they were killed. However, I believe that Jesus allowed this to happen to show that if he had to choose between human lives and animal lives, he would choose human lives over animals. 
there is no comparison between humans and animals. God always valued the humans more than the animals. Not to say, this is not to say, okay, that God doesn't care about animals or else he wouldn't bring animals into Noah's heart. But if Jesus had to choose between the two in that situation, he would choose us. He would choose to save us over the animals because he cares deeply about us. Jesus knows that the, what the demons are capable of. He knows that the demons can control people, go inside people and control them. But yet he has the power, that authority to drive them out. And so whatever it takes, even if it means other animals die, he will rescue people so that they will not be overcome by the evil one. But obviously the Gentiles are in a different culture. They wouldn't understand that. So verse 33, those attending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. A miracle just happened. Demon-possessed people were terrorizing the region. And here Jesus came and did a miracle. What seemed impossible for people there made, was possible in God's eyes. And Jesus was able to make a way and conquer these demons and drive them out. And this is a huge miracle, but the Gentiles didn't see that. And they were just so affected by it that they thought Jesus just interfered their lives that they just want him to leave because it affected them. But in Jesus' mind, his motive is about human lives. It's about saving human lives. And he was there he wanted, because he cared about their condition. So likewise, Jesus cares about us and he would do anything to make sure that the evil one will not overtake us. And that's why he died on the cross for your sins and my sins that the evil one, that sin will not overtake us, but that he can conquer it and he has victory over it. And because he has victory over, over sin and death, that we share the same victory with Jesus as well. You see, God is always ready to fight for us. He's ready. So nothing can overcome us, not even the demonic realm, not even... In the spiritual battle, at the end of the day, even though we, we face spiritual warfare or battles, that at the end of the day, Jesus has the final word. The question is, is that are you willing to let Jesus take charge in your life and lead you? Are you willing to submit to his authority? You see, Jesus is able to do miracles because he has power and he has authority. You see, we see God's amazing work in our lives and in this world, when we submit to his authority, and if you think about authority, just think about authority, right? Like authority is this power, this right to do something. Just like how like judges have the authority, the power to set, um, give some, you know, make people pay their violation, traffic violation ticket, or send people to jail, to prison. Or cops can do certain things that we cannot do. I can't just go to Toys R Us or go to the dollar store, buy a handcuff, and if I don't like someone doing something, just handcuff them and say, you're under arrest. I can't do something like that because I don't have the authority. Even if I saw someone murder, I can't be like, you go to jail right now. I can't do that because I don't have the authority. So police officers, judges have certain laws that they can do that we can't do. Likewise, Jesus has authority. And because he already died and resurrected he already conquers sin and death he has victory over evil spirits and that's why he is able to even do miracles 
So again, question, are we willing to submit to God's authority or are you still trying to submit to your own authority, thinking that you can control things in your life, that you can face your own spiritual battles, that you can fight and conquer your spiritual battles? Are you submitting to God's authority, to his power? Are you still submitting to your own authority? God makes a way even if it seems like there is no way. So spiritual battles happen if you... Even Ephesians chapter 6, if you guys read with me, Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are spiritual warfare out there, but we need to hold, hold on to God's word and keep relying on him to fight for us. And Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. If we look at first nine, uh, John okay, chapter 17, verse 15 to 18, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, talking to the Father, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it sanctify by the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world sanctified by god's truth guys i don't know where you're at and but i believe that spiritual warfare is out there and it's important for us to recognize these so even if we're not demon possessed doesn't mean that evil one is not going to try to attack us the fact is we need to actually be honest and say to God, you know what? These are battles in my life, but I'm not going to try to take control of it. I'm going to let you take control. You see, for those of you who don't believe in Jesus, God has actually given us the Holy Spirit to protect us. That's why as Christians, we won't be able to be demon-possessed because we have this Holy Spirit to protect us, to guide us, to empower us to do God's work. God has given us the Holy Spirit to walk alongside and that is why we're able to experience God's strength in our weakness. Because even though we feel weak, that God can give us peace and joy and strength to fight our battles, our spiritual battles. And one last thing before I end, I just want to say this, that Jesus is not a one-man team, a one-man show. Jesus actually invites us to be part of his ministry as well. In verse 10, Jesus actually commissions, he authorizes his disciples. He gave authority, this power, to his disciples to go out there to heal disease and sickness. But not only that, but to also drive out evil spirits. So yes, we can do these things too. We can act on behalf of Jesus because we can act on behalf of Jesus because he has given us the spirit. He has given us the authority. So even in our battles, we can use Jesus' name to overcome the battles in our lives. Again, the question is, are you willing to submit to his authority and not your own? So yes, even though evil spirits are out there, don't be, don't be overwhelmed by it. It may seem impossible to overcome evil spirits in our spiritual battle, but God is much bigger than that. That God is much bigger than the evil realm, the, the demonic realm, the evil spirits. And that's why God can do miracles and we can. That God can make a way when we can't make a way because he's much bigger than the evil spirits. And he is with you and he is with me.
Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for dying on the cross and resurrecting that we may have life. We thank you that you are the judge, that you are the person who has the final answer. That even though we face spiritual battles, even though the evil spirits are around us trying to distract us from living out your calling, your purpose in our lives, that at the end of the day, you have the final word. So God, I pray that whatever battles it is, Lord, that you will soften the hearts, that we will lift up these battles up to you, these spiritual battles up to you, to know that you are stronger, that you are much bigger than these evil spirits, that at the end of the day, you have the final word, God, and that you can change us, that you can help us move forward, that you can keep making us thrive. God, we thank you for your spirit, that we thank you that we can be part of your kingdom, to, to partner with you in your mission work, to bring redemption in this world, to redeem people. So we're thankful for that. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that your spirit is there to guide us and protect us. So Lord, we thank you for this and we get to be in this journey with you, God. Thank you in Christ's name I pray, amen.